of Angry Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion. I'm your host, Amanda Starling, here to talk to you about all things intersectional feminism, DIY, and of course, the music. And you just heard Save Faces Bad. This week's episode is packed with sick tunes, some selected by my guest, Hannah, and yours truly, so I hope you're ready for all of the jams. But before we get into this week's guest, I want to have a conversation about inclusivity and what real representation looks like. I'm fortunate that many friends have been asking me more and more about this, especially with the announcements surrounding summer touring festivals that are piling on to replace Warp Tour. With these tours comes the inevitable disappointment that is all-male, all-white tours. Again. And here's the thing. Sometimes these tours will book a band that happens to include a person who doesn't identify as a man, or includes a person of color, or somebody who is LGBTQIA. And... Here's the thing. Yes, it can be considered a step toward inclusivity, but in reality, it's hardly that. It's placing the responsibility of representation on a singular or maybe handful of people, and it's also tokenizing or checking a box, which really is just placing labor on that person or a couple of people instead of actually providing a platform and true opportunity. To me, true diversity and inclusivity is proportional, and not to a binary, but in many slices and intersections. It would mean having multiple acts that are non-men, people of color, and LGBTQIA. It would also mean that this diversity is not just extending to the performers, but the sound techs, the roadies, agents, booking agencies, and the media who gets to cover the event or tour. But here's the kicker. If diversity and inclusivity were a thought from the start, we wouldn't be looking at these tour rosters and audibly groaning, or digitally if you're talking social media. We'd provide kids with the opportunity to see themselves in music and in turn go to create their own art. And not just kids, adults too. We'd see more people building with inclusivity in mind in their own communities. I think the hardest part for a lot of people is seeing past the veneer that comes with a package tour. And if you do see past it, it's harder to find the courage to reach out to the people that you admire. I'm saying this, it's absolutely okay to tell your favorites how their actions can make you feel excluded or the people you care about feel excluded. It's okay to help them grow and be better. Just always do it with kindness and with the intention of good. It's important to hold your loved ones accountable in art and culture and in interpersonal relationships too. Change is an ongoing conversation We all just need to have the courage to start it and keep at it. It starts with people like the guests who come on the podcast, and it can continue with you. So thank you for listening to that, and let's turn it over to our guest this week. I'm joined by another advocate for accessibility and inclusion in independent music. It's Hannah Feldman. 
Hannah joins from her booking company, Reverie Productions, where she works to put together diverse and well-rounded show lineups at a variety of venues throughout the New York City area and Jersey. She also is a logistics master behind Lead DIY, a nonprofit focused on bringing awareness to venues regarding epilepsy. She's also partnered with founder and one of my dear friends, Ellie Hart, which is awesome. Uh, Hannah talks about her experiences in booking, how she learned to find spaces and bands, and what's ahead. We also briefly discuss mental health in this talk, so please note that about 45 minutes in, we'll have this discussion for about two to three minutes. Hannah shares some really valuable insight on recognizing when you need self-care and how she's growing not only herself, but the different organizations that she contributes to. So with that, let's listen to one of Hannah's favorite bands, Just Friends, and dig into the interview. music of the indie rock persuasion how are things going up there in the northeast um it's good it's warm it today was free dessert day apparently well that's not true it was the first day of spring but it was free dessert day at rita's and dairy queen so oh yeah yeah that's the right way to celebrate get some sweets in you I definitely didn't go to three different Ritas and one Dairy Queen, but it's fine. <laughs> they don't need to know. I spend my day. <laughs> I love that. I wish that's how I spent my day. That sounds like a lot of fun and really tasty. Yeah, it's a good sugar high to uh, ride out the anxiety right now. <laughs> For sure. And like, it's funny because it's cool that you're able to have cold desserts because I actually got a notification on my phone um today about how i was in new york city four years ago for like the first day of spring and it was actually snowing no wait <laughs> i got that too because um i tweeted four years ago um here's my new song it's called it's the first day of spring and it's snowing <laughs> oh my gosh i love that that's wild so like you know exactly what i'm talking about i did yeah i definitely didn't write a song but i just thought <laughs> i was really funny and i was like by panic at the disco <laughs> because <laughs> That's perfect, because they do have really quirky, like, song titles and stuff. That was, like, a staple of the mid-2000s. I loved it so much. True, true. Oh, my gosh. Well, I'm really excited to talk to you about all the awesome things that you do. And it's so cool, because I first kind of found out about you through um, 
lead DIY and then you ended up sharing with me that you do booking too. So you stay pretty busy, it seems like. Yeah, a little bit. Um, I started my own um, like concert promotions company back in um, January of 2018. So it's been a busy year. And that was also my first year of college too. So it was like all of that at the same time. Wow, that is really busy. Yeah, kept me busy. Where are you studying, if you don't mind me asking? Um, I go to NYU. I'm currently on a leave of absence, but I'm in the music business program, yeah. Oh, awesome. I love hearing that. Um, it's really cool because it seems like there's really great stuff going on in like New York for all of that. When I talked to another booking person up there, um, Lindsay, not too long ago and we stuff. We go to school together, yeah. Yeah, you know each other? <laughs> We're in the same year, same program. So, oh, that's yeah. so awesome. I love hearing that. Yeah, we run in the same circles, like a lot of the same bands. It's cool. That's so great to hear because like I love whenever there's multiple people who are on the same page working towards stuff and especially within the same scene and that's uh, that's really cool. Do y'all ever get to like chat or collaborate on stuff? Yeah, um, I booked one of her artists um, last April for one of my shows. So um, we worked together in that aspect. Uh, Nando Dale, he's like in Ben Stellar. Um, he also has a solo project and I did like a little showcase um, that started out as a school project, but just ended up being like really successful uh, showcase for like Clive Davis students. Um, Nando was part of that and his set was awesome. That's amazing. Well, that's so cool that you've been able to do that kind of stuff and be able to produce some really awesome shows that sounds like over the last year. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. Well, to kind of backtrack a little bit, how did you kind of first get involved in music? Was it something that you just were excited about growing up? Yeah, I mean, um, I have always been a big music kid. In high school, I did um, marching band, drum corps, school radio station, anything music related. Like, I was into that, but I didn't know about DIY until, like, senior year. I went to maybe, like, one DIY show. Didn't have time for it because, I mean, now DIY's taken over my life, but <laughs> at that point in time, marching band was my life. So I was like, I don't, I can't focus on anything else right now. Um, but then once I started college, like New York has a great music scene. And I was like, I want to be a part of this. Like, this is why I wanted to go to school in the best city in the world. So um, I started interning at a company called XSDV Entertainment um, January of my freshman year of college. And um, a lot of my tasks involved finding like local artists who fit the genre of whatever like artist we had uh, coming up and seeing if like they could sell um, any tickets in advance. No pay to play shows, but like we just gave them tickets and you're like, feel free to. Um, sell any and but I was the one finding those artists so I learned a lot about the New York scene as well as my own like New Jersey scene because it was booking and in New York and New Jersey um, and so I did that for several months and then about halfway through my internship I did that until August um, the internship mm -hmm. for credit about halfway through that I was like I really feel like I could um, make this my own make booking my own because I found a lot of artists I was excited about, but wasn't really able to work with them in any capacity just because of the, I felt like a genre limitation. Mm -hmm. um, and something I try to do now is to not book a show like based only on genre, but based on the, if I know an artist, like I know the kind of person they are and I'd be like, oh, well, I think that these two people should meet. So I, think about it more that way rather than like the style of music that they're playing. That's interesting because you're kind of paying more attention to maybe the personality or the intention behind the artist rather than it necessarily being the sound itself. Exactly. I mean, of course, I'll try to keep it like within the bigger genre of rock. Um, like I'll have singer songwriters like the furthest I'll go. I don't I'm mostly in, into indie rock, which mm -hmm. is good because I'm on this show now. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't go too far out of the norm um, of what you'd expect to hear, but I'm not like, like, oh, you don't fit the genre of this bill. I can't book you. That, that kind of thing. No, I definitely get that. And, you know, you kind of mentioned that there 
are different genres within like indie, it seems like that you're kind of interested in stuff. Do you have any like favorite artists or anything that really drew you into wanting to be involved in DIY? Uh, yeah, shout out to a boy named John from New Jersey. Um, the first DIY band I ever knew about because they played my friend Sweet 16. Oh, awesome. They were playing like emo covers and my friends and I were just like screaming lyrics to like whatever My Chemical Romance song they were playing and they did a really good job. And I was like, wait, they do original music too? Hey, I'm into this. And that was in 2014, but I didn't get involved with the scene until 2018. So um, it's funny because I've known them th for like five years, six, wait, how does math work? Like five years. Yeah. <laughs> and I've seen their growth as musicians and people as well as mine at the same time. And I've actually like gotten a chance to book them, which is like really cool full circle moment for me to be like, oh, this is the band that made me realize this was a thing. And then I got to book them over the summer. So that was really fun. That's really awesome. Cause like, you know, you're able to kind of connect to things that originally got you excited about the scene and about music and stuff. So that's really special that you're able to kind of do that. Um, Sorry, lost my train of thought for a second. Um, so you were kind of doing some research and booking and stuff through your kind of freshman year and such. And then uh, you decided to kind of start your own booking company. How'd you land on the name um, Reverie? The main. We have a song called um, The Sound of Reverie. The album that that's on, it's called Lovely Little Lonely. That was like one of my albums of high school that like really got me through high school like which is kind of crazy to say probably to someone like you're a little older than me so like they were just starting out whenever I think I was kind of involved in pop punk so yeah so like that's now like they're coming out with a new album now that's two albums ago for them they mm -hmm. but yeah, in 2017, Lovely Little Lonely came out, and that just, like, really helped me through hard times, and they have a song called The Sound of Reverie, and I always liked that song. I was sitting in my kitchen um, on spring break, um, scrolling through, like, my, like, songs in, saved in my phone, just trying to see if any words popped out at me, and I was like, Reverie, that's cool, and I was like, okay, what's the exact definition? Got to see if it makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, and I looked at it and I was, it did. And I just wanted to make sure um, that it, w it was like a word that had meaning to me, that it wasn't just like some random word that I picked out of thin air. It's something that they conveyed the message that I wanted uh, to put out there, which is um, like, I think that concerts should be an escape from the world. Mm -hmm. that reverie is like a dream, like uh, state. So to be able to feel reverie um, at one of my shows is a goal. That's so awesome that you kind of picked exactly the feeling that one wants to have during a live music experience. And like, you can have that in a DIY show. I think that's probably actually my favorite part about going to DIY shows is because you have that kind of like, um, if it's a good show, you have that like ecstatic, like beautiful, it seems too perfect to be real experience. Yeah. And that's been my experience um, going to shows in general. Like I've always loved live music. So um, I just wanted to be able to, you know, do that for other people. That's why I wanted to start booking shows because they make me so happy. So I wanted to like m make other people happy. I love that. And because of what an experience that can be and stuff. There's a lot of work that goes on that most people don't know about when it comes to booking. Can you kind of walk through your process of um, booking and organizing a show? Yeah. Um, well, a lot, um, a lot of the booking I do these days starts because a touring band will reach out to me and ask for help with a date. And um, I, so the first few shows I did weren't with touring bands because I was just like, I don't know, nobody knew that I existed, which is fine. I had just started out. Nobody was asking me for help or anything, but like I was doing my first New Jersey show um, in June, which it seems like I've been doing it for, it feels like I've been doing it for so long, but yeah. it was just back in June. And um, I had a show with um, this band called Shark Club. Um, they're from New Jersey. 
but a few of them go to school in Philly and they were like, hey, can our friends in sandboxing jump on the bill? And I was like, I mean, sure, why not? Um, and that's when I really like started thinking about other scenes. Yeah, a touring bands will like approach me and it's usually, you know, a friend or a friend of a friend. Um, so not really like far degree of separation. They'll be like, hey, like I'm putting this tour together. Um, can you help me with this date? And usually I'm like, yes because I know how hard it is booking a tour. <sighs> tour booking. So yeah. Um, I do a little bit of that too. Anyway, um, so yeah, I'll build it off like what they're looking for. Kind of, um, if I don't know the music already, get like a feel for it, see what venue um, they would fit best in. And then just think of anyone I know who would, you know, fit with, the type of like who I want to meet now this is like my world of okay I'm going to match make these uh two people and they will be friends um mm -hmm. just like people who I think have like a similar outlook and um like value systems mm -hmm. um in music so I'll start with that like here example I just had um nice from Minnesota Mm -hmm. um, swing through New Jersey and I it was like a Monday no night show I would never book a Monday night show unless it was for a touring band but yeah great, love their music and I had um, fans of all different uh, feels play so I had um, I usually start by looking for like a headliner quote-unquote because I want to make sure you know people will show up even if it's a Monday night yeah so um, great bands from um, around um, the area of where the venue was called uh, Bobby Mahoney and the Seventh Son. Mm -hmm. I asked if they could do it and they, I knew they would say yes because they're a band that's done a lot of touring and they know the struggle and they always want to like support touring bands. So they said yes. And then I was like, okay, two, two bands to go. I want a band from like who's played this venue before who has experience with um the space so um we know that somebody has a feel for it because it was a venue that I had never done a show at before so I asked a band called um Tempest Fugit to join they're from like a they were from like 15 minute drive away and they've played there a ton of times so I asked them and then finally I was like okay what new newish bands um a band on the up and up. Is that something people say? <laughs> <laughs> I've heard it. You're good. <laughs> um, what band am I hearing a lot about? Or like, who do I really, really want to book? So then I just pick someone that like, <laughs> I'm. A it's a little selfish, but like, you know, I, if I've seen them before, if I've heard good things about them, I like, I want to work with them too. So yeah, so that band was Flycatcher, mm -hmm. and um, they're, they started out kind of as a, they're just like a good rock and roll band from New Brunswick, um, awesome. which is not necessarily close to where the venue was, but I knew that, like, they would be a lot of fun, um, so, and then that was the bill, it all came together, and I wanted to work with, I like, the venues that I tend to work with, like, that are closer to me, don't really do a lot of Monday night shows. So I wanted to like go out of my realm, see if there were any spaces that I thought um, could handle a weekday show. So I picked um, the spot Flemington DIY, um, which is what it sounds like. <laughs> it's a <laughs> DIY art spot. Um, oh, cool. Music. So um, if someone wants to host an event there, they're open. It's not dependent on the day of the week. And it was definitely like it was busy that day because there was like a print making club in the back you never know what's gonna go on that's neat so decided to try working with that venue because i'd wanted to work with them for a long time they seemed cool and then it all came together after oh. a lot of work <laughs> well yeah it sounds like it because you're talking to all these different bands trying to see if they're available for that day of the week and then you got to find the right space uh, what do you end up doing whenever you get to the venue, like the day of the show? Like, what's what's it like day of? Um, day of, as a promoter, you know that all of your bands are going to be late to load mm -hmm. in because that's just how it is. <laughs> so usually, like, um, if I know that, like, 
knowing that I'll make load in like 30 minutes before it really should be because I know that nobody's going to show up. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So like the first thing I'll do is like introduce myself to uh, the person like working the space, um, mm-hmm. say like I'm the promoter for the night. Um, and then I'll take out my lead DIY signs and talk to them about the lighting, give them a packet if I've never worked uh, with them before. And that's awesome. Yeah, that like that's the first thing I do. <laughs> that's smart though, because then that like sends the message to showgoers that like this is a space that's accessible for them and stuff, and like this is what you know to keep in mind and everything. So that's cool. You're already setting it up to make it comfortable for the showgoers. You talk to your bands in your space. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and then usually, I mean, yeah, it's not too complicated after that. Everyone just you know puts their gear away. I'll tell them where to go. Um, and usually these things start on punk time because mm-hmm. nobody's on time. I, I'm not on time for things, so I can't expect other people to. <laughs> um, so like, yeah, we'll usually start like 15 minutes after I say the show was supposed to start. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'll just like keep track of the set times. And also, um, I have, like, a lead DIY donation jar and table set up for every show I book. Yeah. Um, so I'm, like, doing that at the same time. Also taking, like, videos and photos for, for my, like, socials for Reverie um, to stay on top of that. So it, it's very busy um, during the show. Kind of hard for me to relax, but I like to see other people having fun. That's so cool that, like, you know, you've got that priority in mind and, like, the fact that, there's more to it than just putting on the show you're trying to get the word out because you never know who's like looking at those socials and might want to show up and also it's like you know helping that band get even more exposure at that at that point too exactly yeah I don't want to work with like you know this you know a lot of the time a scene will have like the same locals that always support a touring band and Mm -hmm. that's fine because like they're probably very good and they're doing that for a reason but there's so much music out there that deserves exposure. And I just um, not only want to give the touring acts the exposure um, in this new city that they're exploring, but, you know, the locals as well. It matters. Yeah, definitely. Because you're helping build them up over time and stuff. And, you know, you never know who's watching or looking across your socials and stuff. They might find a new band that they want. Heck, you could introduce me to another future guest for the podcast just by following your stuff. Exactly. Um, Yeah, and it's not even always about, like, who's coming to the shows. Like, I understand if you're busy, but, um, like, before um, the show happens, I'll, like, start a countdown and, like, post a link to each artist on the bill's um, music in the Facebook event, like, every day, and I'll, like, pick a song that I really love um, from that artist and be like, I recommend this one or whatever. I'll, I probably say it better <laughs> when I'm writing the post, but like, even if like people are just getting notifications since they pressed interested and they're not like really planning on going, at least like that artist is getting exposure. And that's really why I do this. That's so awesome. Well, I love hearing that. And I love that you put that much effort into it because it really matters how an event is like promoted and how the artists are shared. Cause like, that can make just such a huge impact over time. And it's cool to see the different bands that you work with over time too. Cause like, I know you have, um, you've booked a show that like, you know, there's benefits for lead. You've worked with bands like um, The Weekdays and you've booked Charmer recently and all kinds of other bands that are starting to become like more prominent on on the scene and, you know, just in general. How does it feel to kind of start to see that growth with like who you're booking and where you're booking and stuff? I mean, it's very exciting um, when a band that, like, I personally loved, like, before booking or, like, didn't come across because I was trying to work with them um, comes to me and asks for help. Or, or like, we go to them and I just, like, sometimes I'll be like, oh, yeah, like, I, I book in New Jersey and New York. And sometimes someone will take me up on that offer when I'm not really expecting it. Um, so that's what happened with Charmer. Yeah. I mean, they, yeah, they were, like, they were having trouble like find, filling a date. And I was like, hey, I book in New Jersey and New York. I could definitely help you out. I emailed them just like, why not? And they accepted my help. So like, to me, it always feels like 
the bands are doing me a big favor by playing my show. Mm-hmm. But um, a lot of artists will tell me that, like, you know, I'm helping them too. I just don't think about it that way. Though. <laughs> it's funny because it's like um, you kind of get to a point where you start to realize that the work you're doing, it's like it's reciprocal and like mutual. And that's really cool. But you know, you're able to help them as much as they're helping you in that sense. And that's, that's got to be a really great feeling. Yeah, it's so strange to be, like, me just, like, this random, like, not, I was, like, a random 19-year-old girl who started, like, booking shows from her dorm room, and then, like, mm-hmm. I'm actually helping people out, um, and I, yeah, I just always felt like they were doing me a favor. Well, it's cool that you're able to do all that in so soon in your career, too. That's just awesome to me. Um, do you have, like, a favorite space that you like to book shows at, or, um, any, any shout outs you want to give to any like places that you like to work with or even local bands? Yeah. Um, here, let's see. I want to choose my shout outs carefully. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, shout out to the meat locker in Montclair, New Jersey for like always, uh, working with me, like since the beginning and, um, pretty much like just being so easy to work with. That's great. Um, a lot of venues won't get back to you, but they're <laughs> very timely. Um, what else? Oh, the ones you forgot. Um, I booked a tour for them, mm-hmm. and they're like one of the most hardworking bands I know, and they like really deserve so much attention. They're not from um, my area of New Jersey, so I don't get to see them that often. But um, being able to see them ten nights in a row was an amazing. Uh, feeling for me (laughs) that's right you do a lot of um you've been getting involved in like tour management and stuff now right um well I wish yeah more tour booking yeah my my goal is to like um move into merch management and eventually uh tour management oh cool um, because I feel like I'm good in like tense situations that uh in problem solving um and like I don't know, after the booking of, like, I like booking shows, but there's, like, not much, once you have the bill together, there's, like, not too much to do, and I, I'm, I like to keep busy. I'm a, I'm a person that likes to be doing a lot all the time, and to have a goal, um, so, like, I want to be a part of a team where I can problem solve for them. I love that. I can totally relate. <laughs> That's um, so awesome. A lot of fun, but, yeah, um, I, asked see I asked them I was like do you need um any help with any you know tour related things coming up and then I like list off like a whole list of like random things I could do for them Mm -hmm. uh, including tour booking and um sorry oh I got distracted okay (laughs) lost my train of thought um including tour booking and they actually like I was like like, heads up, I have actually not done this before, but I feel like I know enough people where it wouldn't be um, extremely um, out of the realm of possibility, which is something Ellie says all the time, the realm of possibility. <laughs> <laughs> that is very Ellie. Yes. Um, so I was like, yeah, I mean, if you'll let me try tour booking, I would love to do it for you because I think you're deserving. They're like, hell yeah, go for it. Um so we did a run um, down the East Coast, um, so swung to Tennessee, Nashville, and then um, back up through the entirety of Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. the world's biggest state to drive through. Feels like forever. <laughs> and, but like booking that tour was a lot of fun. It really like pushed me to learn new things. Um, and get out of my comfort zone and send like a thousand emails. (laughs) (laughs) I love that though because it's like now you have the experience that you know when you're ready to start getting into like being being a tour manager working merch you'll already have the skills and you already have a lot of the experience just keeping on doing it then. Yeah Um, so yeah I don't know if I really want to be doing a lot more tour booking um if it's a band that I really am feeling like very passionate about, I would do it for them. But mm-hmm. for me, it like, it's too like 
it's too stressful. I can't do it. Like I can't do multiple tours at a time. I'm working on a tour for some another bands that I really like right now. Um, but after that, like I can't see myself doing it regularly. It's a lot of work. I think a lot of people don't realize how much work goes into actually booking a tour. Yeah. Um, and it's like, so I got to see, I was very lucky where I got to see like my first tour that I booked come to life. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't think I would be able to do it for a tour that I wasn't going on. If that makes any sense to like, not, not see like my baby, (laughs) um, you know what I mean? It's hard to explain. Um, you want to see it come to fruition and like see the results in that sense and be a part of it. Exactly. Thank you. I don't want it to just like, you know, be a thing that I made a spreadsheet of. I want to, I want to see it in real life. I'm not doing like, I didn't get into this because I loved spreadsheets. Although now I do. Um, (laughs) I got into it because I wanted to see like, I wanted to see live music happen. Um, and tours happen so yeah that's cool that you're like so involved and that you have that goal to kind of keep doing that and you know you kind of mentioned that you know you want to be a part of like experiencing live music and stuff and there's a the work that kind of goes into putting it all together Um, I'm wondering do you have any challenges that you face like with booking shows that you kind of learned from or that became like early important lesson to you oh yeah um the first show I booked ever was at this um really interesting DIY spot in New York um that is no longer running (sighs) well (laughs) (laughs) um I learned um that you gotta think quick um like the first show I ever booked the band um pulled out the day one of the bands that I had um pulled out of the show day of um because of emergency dental surgery which I had never heard of I was like yeah um so I'm like trying and oh this was like an all non-men bill so I was like yeah feeling this was like very specific I couldn't just like have any band fill in it was still very early on in um my like knowledge of bands in that area so like I didn't have a ton of reach um where I could like ask like friends because I just didn't know that many people it was in February 2018 so I was like and anyone I knew like who lived in the area I was like do you know any bands that can fill in eventually some I don't even know I talked to like this random person on the phone I was so stressed um Mm -hmm. just trying to find a band to fill in because I didn't want to have a three-band bill for some reason now I wish I had a three-band bill (laughs) Um, after going to so many shows I'm like wish I did that would have been so much better for everyone involved especially on a Wednesday show anyway yeah finally found um this band to fill in and I was really glad that they showed up prepared and everything. Um, but I think the lesson is it's better to have something solid um, and more put together than just trying to, you know, find a fill-in at the last moment. <laughs> it Some things can't it. be helped, though, for sure. I mean, you never know when you're going to have an emergency dental surgery <laughs> yeah like it just it wasn't worth it in retrospect yeah. like it, if this situation um happens like this year I probably would have just left it out with three band bill yeah people would have been happy <laughs> yeah some people I mean I know for me it's like my friends and I have the joke that if it's more than like five bands on a show it's a festival it's not a show anymore oh I agree <laughs> <laughs> So like, like, actually, that just happened to me. I was <laughs> booking a show for a touring band, um, had a four band bill because that's just like, you know, that's the standard. And then um, like two days after I announced it, um, two touring, two more touring bands. Well, one um, that's from New Jersey, but they were like going on a, like a weekender with like a band, um, a touring act. They were like, hey, like, do you know any of any shows happening on whatever date? And I was like, well, actually, I just announced a show for this day, but 
you can join the bill. Like, I'll just make it a mini festival. And that's what I did. There you go. That's so funny. (laughs) Hey, you got to help bands out from time to time. So I get it. Yeah. um, So I turned it into like a small celebration for um, one year of my first show actually happening. And I don't include that. um, Oh, and then to finish that other story, go back (laughs) on that. um, After the band uh, dropped out due to emergency uh, dental surgery, um, the venue owner um, saw that like I was like a college student and inexperienced in what I was doing. And um, when he gave me a Wednesday show and I didn't meet um, the monetary um, standard that he was holding me to, he made me pay out of pocket. Oh my gosh. Um, It was so creepy. He took me to um, like upstairs in the venue to this like dark room. There was a bar. He offered me a drink. He knew I was underage. Um, And then he was like, oh God, it was so creepy. But then he was like, yeah, um, so you owe me money. And he like, yeah, literally made me take my wallet out, pay him right then and there. And then he tried to um, get, he tried to make me work for him. Like, he was like, maybe you can like run socials for us or something. And I was like, thinking, I want to get the hell away from this place, like as far as, yeah. and then they ended up getting uh, shut down like about a month later. So moral (laughs) story is that karma is a thing. No kidding. Jeez, that sounds really skeevy. And like, that sucks that there was like zero understanding about, you know, sometimes it doesn't work out. Right. You know, I mean, I know sometimes people are able to pay out of pocket to make the difference, but it should have been kind of obvious that, you know, this wasn't going to be feasible. Yeah, no, it it was very obvious. Like I, because I didn't know what I was doing. I asked him like a million questions over email. Yeah. He, oh my God, he roasted me for asking questions. Um, But, you know, I got to, that night I made like a really good friend um, Mm -hmm. who I'm still friends with to that day. Um, that friend met another one of the musicians I put on that bill, and they ended up going on tour together that summer, like a mm-hmm. six-long tour. So if that hadn't happened, they wouldn't have, like, had that amazing experience. I wouldn't have, like, the friendship with this person that I have now. So I'm okay with it. <laughs> yeah, sometimes, you know, that's that's definitely the silver lining for that really weird experience. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, since then, I haven't had anything uh, too bad happen to me in terms of booking. It was just like that initial thing. And I was like, oh, I'm not sure if I really want to do this again. But then it just, it gets addicting. Like booking is really fun. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great to hear that, you know, you're able to kind of learn from that experience and then just keep going and stuff. Because that's so awesome to me. Do you have like a favorite show that you've booked or like lineup that you remember just being like, this is awesome. I'm excited. And it ended up being like a really great successful event. Yeah. Um, so I had been working um, with this girl, Cheska. Shout out to Cheska if she's going to be listening. Um, I just talked to her like 20 minutes ago. Um, she was starting up a new um, DIY venue in North Jersey, which we don't have a ton of. Um, and like from the get go, she posted like a Google form um, about starting a venue. And I was like, hey, wait, are you doing this? Because I would love to, like, I'm a promoter, and I would love to, you know, book a show with you at some point, and we became friends. I ended up booking, um, we ended up working together to book the first show ever at her venue um, after several months. Um, This was back in, this was in August, Mm -hmm. so I booked half of the bill, she booked the other half, um, and it was also the grand opening of her venue. So it was just like overall a very exciting time. Definitely. Um, and, also, and oh, and then she also like had um, an artist uh, showcase like at the performance. There was a ton going on. Mm-hmm. Um, really exciting night. Um, probably best show I've had to the state. It was really fun. <laughs> um, do you remember who all played? Yeah, um, Roderick. Junkanoo, a boy named John, who I mentioned nice. before, and um, Kovatoba. So you do balance a lot of projects with doing lead DIY, doing 
uh, Reverie Productions and being in school and stuff. Um, if you don't mind talking a little bit about this, um, how do you kind of balance your schedule and make things happen? Currently, I'm actually taking a leave of absence from school, not for um, my projects, but um, for mental health reasons. And I don't think that's anything to be ashamed of. I think it's like really important to be open about that kind of thing uh, because often it just gets pushed to the side. Um, and over the past few months, I have learned that instead of just, you know, saying I'm taking a medical leave of absence from school, I add on like, yeah, it's for mental health reasons. Mm -hmm. um, and I just, I think more people should talk about it. Absolutely. Well, that transparency goes such a long way, especially whenever you are somebody who's um, kind of got a platform and opportunity and stuff. And, and it's important to take care of yourself. I feel like these days when people talk about self-care, they seem to be referring to like all of the like capitalist ways of that, which involve like buying products and like that being a solution for self-care. But ultimately it's knowing your limits and knowing what's going to be healthy for you, whether it's mentally or physically or all of the above. So it's really special that you kind of were able to acknowledge that you needed to take care of yourself. And do you feel it's helped you kind of taking some time off? Yes, definitely. Um, I think it's so important to know like where your limits are and that you're not a superhuman. You can't do everything and that's okay. You need to, your health is the most important thing over anything. Um, and if you notice that that's like falling to the wayside, you got to do something about it. It's not something that can um, lag because if you don't have your health, then you don't have anything. Definitely. And, you know, we did kind of discuss a little bit how, you know, there's different ways to do self-care. I'm wondering maybe what are some things that you've done to kind of help yourself feel um, a little stronger sometimes? Like, is it is it little things like being focused on the projects that make you feel good? Is it like music or are there, are there things that you feel like have kind of helped guide you through this? Yeah, I mean, definitely listening to music is a big one. Um, exploring new artists, um, that helps me a lot. But journaling too. Mm -hmm. um, like as middle school as this sounds like drawing lyrics um makes me feel calmer for some reason especially when I resonate with them it just goes to show like how much music can impact a person definitely I actually love that because I've never quite heard that before I've heard about journaling and stuff but like lyrics are something that mean a lot to me when it comes to music and stuff and that's really special that you kind of found a way to connect deeper and in a different way. Um, do you have any that you're, are like your favorites to kind of explore in your journal? Um, I mean, like, I'm not an amazing artist or anything. I just like to doodle. Um, but I, let me think. I took pictures of my favorite. Let me see what my favorite one is. Um, oh, I did one of um, Just Friends, Nothing But Love. Mm -hmm. And here, this is what it looks like. Oh, you can't really see it. How do I? Oh, that's cool. I like that. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm all, like, side note, I'm also thinking about getting the words nothing but love tattooed um, after um, this uh, mental health stint um, ends, hopefully in a few months, and I'm feeling better. Um, but yeah, Just Friends is an important band. Shout out to them. <laughs> Well, that's so awesome that you were able to kind of connect to this band and use their music as part of the way that you're kind of taking care of yourself. So that's really special and cool. And I love that. And you owning it, that just goes such a long way. And I hope that you are able to just kind of keep taking care of yourself. That's awesome that you have that focus and determination. Thank you. Thank you. You've booked so many shows, you've had so many cool experiences, and somewhere along this way, you kind of got involved with lead DIY too. Can you talk a little bit about how you kind of started becoming involved with Ellie, one of my favorite people that I've met doing this podcast? <laughs> She's the best. Um, we met, uh, I met, oh my god, how do I speak? Um, Ellie and I met in a From Bottoms Facebook group. <laughs> 
That's awesome. Um, like early um, 2018, and we just talked about like a lot of music stuff, um, mostly the front bottoms, mostly how um, she loved going gray and I didn't. That was like, um, I don't know if you listened to that release, but it was like their second release off of Fueled by Ramen, and it mm-hmm. was just very controversial in the fan base. Anyway, <laughs> um, she told, like, she probably told you this, um, how Leeds started. Um, yeah. About The Incredibles, too. Um, yep. I was, like, one of the people that sent her, um, they, end, at my movie theater, they had, um, like, an epilepsy trigger warning. Um, oh, wow, that's awesome that there was a warning. Yeah, um, at other theaters, they didn't have that, but, like, at mine, they did, and then this just got us, um, starting to talk about, like, you know, epilepsy and live music. She told me, um, that she wanted to start a project, and, yeah, so just, like, from the very beginning, she bounced ideas off of me, um, and I'd be, like, oh, yeah, that's awesome, like, I remember we, like, wrote out the GoFundMe together. Oh, and this was all over Facebook chat for some reason, because apparently <laughs> didn't, I don't know why we did that instead of like texting, but whatever. So shout out to Facebook chat. <laughs> um, and yeah, like, oh yeah. So the initial like GoFundMe that she put out like in June, I remember when she sent that to me and she was like, like, how does this look? So yeah, she just, we bounced ideas off of each other until eventually I became like pretty ingrained into the project and I'd say like officially um became a part of the project um when we were tabling the mom jeans and just friends show in Asbury Park um in just back in November Mm -hmm. like that's when it started blowing up where like she could do it on her own before and she could still do it on her own now but it it's a lot of work um and she needed another person and that's when I kind of was like you know I can be a part of this more I like always had um like a lead donation jar um at my shows and I would always have the signs up and I just felt very involved and when she was like yeah I would love to have you more involved like that just made me super happy (laughs) That's so awesome. And it's really cool that you've been there from the start. It's like you're able to kind of just see the way that Leeds grown and stuff. Um, what part are you kind of playing right now when it comes to helping out Lead? Um, definitely. So like we did a benefit show um, in November and Ellie was like, yeah, I don't really know anything about booking. So can you help me with this? And I was like, of course. So the good old meat locker in Montclair, um, <laughs> we had the benefit show there and that's um ellie and her awesome relationships that she cultivates um we had a band um end up dropping like off very last minute and i was like oh my god what are we gonna do and she's like hey wait let me ask the weekdays they're coming back like um from fest i think it was fest yeah yeah um is that the end of october yes yeah they were coming back from fest and she was like maybe they can play here um on their way home and i was like that would be amazing and so she made that happen and we also had um other really cool local bands like uh with friends like these mm-hmm. um ernston who um if you know hodera um one of their members is oh cool in ernston and um our friends in uh, Parish. So that was like, I was doing a lot of booking stuff. And now that um, Ellie's been on tour more often, mm-hmm. um, which is something I eventually want to do, talk about that more later um, if we have time. But um, I've been doing like a lot of laminating of the signs now um, and sending them out. Um, we're going to move like the t shirt stock to my house. Pretty much like um, she's. Ellie is like the amazing brains of lead DIY and I am the really organized person um, with like all the spreadsheets and Google Docs and like oh like reminder we need to do that and this and so we just we make a good team. Definitely because like Ellie can then focus more on the direct advocacy and like social and making sure that like the voice is of DIY of lead DIY is like reaching and stuff and you're able to kind of help facilitate the logistics of it all. 
Exactly, exactly. Um, and then, like, sometimes I'll just, like, come up with my own ideas um, for lead, like, um, the 420 t-shirt campaign. Yeah. I ended up reaching out to two festivals that um, some bands that we were already working with um, for the campaign were playing on. And I was like, hey, like, would the festival want to, you know, be a part of this campaign? Um, and that ended up working out. But, you know, she wouldn't have been able to do that. Like, she was on tour. Yeah. It's really great to have, like, both of us working together on it. Definitely, because in that way, you're able to kind of just reach more people and be able to kind of make a wider impact and stuff. And that's so awesome to see. For sure. Um, and like, um, you know, we all, we have our own strengths and um, weaknesses and we balance each other out in that way. Like t today she was like, you need to stop worrying about this. It's going to be fine. <laughs> yeah, you're right. But then, you know, she'll forget about like whatever thing and I'll be, I'll remind her that, Hey, we need to do this at some point soon. So it works out. Definitely. Well, that's a really cool friendship and you're able to kind of grow and do so much together. Um, so with that in mind, what all is lead working on this year? What do we have coming up? Um, so, yeah, as I mentioned before, we have this um, 420 campaign. So um, as you may or may not know, um, CBD, um, which is like an ingredient in uh, weed can help with seizures. Mm -hmm. um, and we're kind of like, uh, how do I say this? Like playing along with the whole like 420 is a holiday thing. Um, yeah. To turn it into like guerrilla marketing. Um, be like, hey, like this is a fun thing, but we can also bring awareness to an important subject. Um, and that's what we're doing uh, with this t-shirt campaign. Um, to be like, hey, uh, if you're playing a 420 show or going to a 420 show, just like grab this t-shirt um, and you'll be like bringing awareness to an important subject while you're also having fun because it's a 420 show. I love that. That's so really, that's just really fun. And that's a great way to bring awareness and the fact that it does tie into like um, helping reduce like the symptoms of epilepsy. That's really awesome. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we have another really big project coming up. Let's call this, oh my God, no, I need to work on transitions. Please cut that out. I don't know. Either. <laughs> okay. Lead DIY is um, hosting a benefit festival this summer, uh, July 13th um, in Allendale, New Jersey at Crestwood Lake. It's called Strobless. And Whoa. we have, um, not sure how many bands yet exactly, more info to come uh, in the future, but um, we'll have like anywhere, like around 15 bands um, playing from New Jersey, from uh, other states coming together to support our cause. That's so cool because you're able to kind of bring together everybody to bring awareness and kind of celebrate everything that Lead, Lead DIY has been accomplishing. Lead's been going on for almost a year, right? Yeah, so it's also to celebrate um, the one year anniversary of Lead DIY. And we thought that like a festival um, for awareness and also in celebration would be a really cool way to do that. Well, gee, I cannot wait for that lineup announcement. I'm sure it's going to be awesome. Next, uh, we'll be next month. Oh, I'm ready. All right. The countdown's on. Um, I will give you a hint about, let's see here. What can I, what can I say? Oh my gosh. Your dog <laughs> is distracting me. I, I know okay. it's on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> um, Let's see, RB from the weekdays and Jetty Bones is making the poster. So Ooh. they're really good at art. So you know the poster is gonna be cool. And love that. Well the bands line up. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I'm really stoked to hear about this and get more info when the time comes and stuff. Um, well, the, the last question that I kind of have for you, maybe, maybe this festival fulfills that maybe there's more to come but if you could book a show with any three artists who would it be um 
Oh man, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to spoil the festival line. <laughs> I mean, you can give so me just, three I'll, others, but I'll really, like, I'll go far out there. I'll like step out of the DIY realm for a second. Um, yeah, that's, it can be anybody. Band, yeah, my favorite band is All Time Low. So, like, I would love to book All Time Low, um, and the Main because the Main are amazing. And then also modern baseball, which like that what doesn't really fit the bill, but since it's my dream bill, I can say what I want. <laughs> yeah, I love that because at that point it's like you might as well just go all in and hey, resurrect them. We miss Mo we miss Mobo so much. Yes. They're good, good band, oh, yeah. good people. First they'll have to get back together, but I think I can convince them. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And then we'll just make it a benefit show for lead DIY then. Yes. Hey, Might actually, well. mo oh, spoiler alert, Modern Baseball is playing the lead benefit. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, Ellie. I know we planned to do this in April, but it's happening. That's, oh. that's the exact lineup, all-time low, the main, and Modern Baseball. If only, my God. <laughs> my heart couldn't handle it. I'd be buying a plane ticket to Jersey. I'd be like, all right, whose couch do I get to crash on? I'm on my way. Uh, we are offering um, free housing for the bands involved. So you could probably stay on Ellie's Perfect. I'm sure she, I'm sure she would love that. <laughs> the entire world of DIY is just going to be sleeping on her couch that day or that, that weekend. It's I a love it. Oh, wait, I should probably give more information. Yes. Um, Saturday, July 13th. It's a one day festival. Um, just um, starts at noon and never. No. <laughs> It's, <laughs> I don't know, end time TGI. Starts at noon. Perfect. Where's that again? Allendale, New Jersey. Awesome. All right, everybody who's in that area, make sure that you go ahead and mark your calendars now because you won't want to miss this. Yeah. Awesome. Well, where can everybody keep up with you online for uh, Reverie Productions and Lead DIY? Uh, Reverie Productions, just that on Facebook. Um, um, Reverie Productions NYC on Instagram. Lead DIY is simple. It's just that across Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Awesome. Well, everybody, make sure you follow, subscribe, do all of that for all these pages. You will not want to miss it, especially if you happen to be in the Northeast for um, Reverie. There's some awesome shows coming up. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thanks so much for chatting with me. This was really fun, and it was amazing meeting you and your dog. Cannabis won't touch my lips, you're in my face, asking why not. In the house of bugs is where I learned to fly I always realized Every day I try but I'm just not that wise The love it takes Words it says Like you're okay But you'll be safe She's all wordplay If I spend my time obsessing over everything you say Will I be okay?
EJ Hervey, one of this podcast's awesome alums who put out a brilliant EP the other week called We Only Talk About Love in the Winter. This week's guest was just a treat. Thank you so much to Hannah for speaking about her experiences in booking, helping lead DIY grow, and so much more. Be sure to follow Reverie Productions, especially if you're in the Northeast, to keep up with upcoming shows. Learn more about Lead DIY on their social channels and in the show notes. That's it for this week, but you can always keep up with me online. Follow the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for regular updates. Subscribe and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, Overcast, and more. Want to tell me what you think of the podcast? Leave a review on any of the apps. I'd love to hear from you. If you like what you hear and have some spare change, drop a virtual tip at the Angry Girl Music Coffee page. All money that is dropped there goes to helping with expenses for hosting across your favorite apps, a future website, and other projects for the pod. I'm always booking guest spots, so hit me up at angrygirlmusic at gmail.com. Whether you write and play music, run a blog, take photos, work in publicity, or book shows, this can be a space for you. Send me a link to your work, and let's chat. Don't forget, Death Protector Fest is coming this May to Gainesville, featuring a ton of